Uh, Exodus chapter 1 verse 22 And Pharaoh charged all his people saying Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river and every daughter ye shall save alive. And there went a man of the house of Levi. This is verse number 1 of chapter 2. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. I want to wait for just a moment to give you my title, but could you just lift your hands one more time and ask the Lord to talk to you. I, I want you right now. Sometimes we, we just get into preaching as entertainment. and Man, that, that was good. Or it wasn't quite what I expected. It could have been better. But I want you right now to just say, God, I, I ask you to talk to me. And I, I'm going to receive it, Lord, like you're talking to me. God, I pray today that you'll speak. God, I pray that you'll open our understanding. Allow me to speak as an oracle of your spirit. God, I don't want to say anything you don't want said. I want to say everything that you do want said. Nothing more and nothing less. I pray, God, that you would do your will in this place. God, help us to hear what the Spirit would say to us. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. With that, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Moses was born at a turbulent time. It was different from the time of Joseph. Joseph, uh, whenever Joseph was in Egypt, uh, Joseph had favor with the king, and Joseph had so much favor that all of Joseph's family could come and stay rent-free in Goshen, a place of uh, that, that turned out to be a place of prosperity. Uh, that, that was the time of Joseph, but it was not so in the time of Moses because the Bible says that there arose a king over Egypt, a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And it was probably a new dynasty, one that, that was not friendly toward the Hebrews. They didn't know what Joseph had done and uh, how Joseph had saved the country of Egypt, actually. When Joseph was alive, Pharaoh honored the Hebrews, invited them to live in Egypt, but later they became prisoners and slaves. Pharaohs, over a course of more than 250 years then, had tried to eliminate the Hebrews. First, by making them serve with rigor and harsh labor. And then they multiplied that labor more and more. The second thing they tried to do to destroy the Hebrews was the, the midwives were ordered to kill the male children as soon as they were born. But they ignored the order of the Pharaohs. And then uh, Pharaoh. And finally, it was decreed that every male child should be thrown into the river. And that's when Moses was born. What a time to be born. If you think that your children are being born into tumultuous times, just think about how uh, Jochebed felt giving birth to well, Moses, whose official destiny, decreed by the king, was he's to be cast into the river for the crocodiles to devour. That was his decreed destiny. Aren't you glad that... It doesn't really matter what an earthly king says about my destiny. What matters is what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords says about my destiny. Whose report will you believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. But that was 
the, the situation in which that Moses was born. And so the Bible says that uh, after he became too old, too squirmy, too loud, uh, we, we got one on the second row here this morning who's, who's found his lungs today. Praise God. Uh, Moses could no longer be hid by his parents. It says that his, his mother took some bulrushes, which I guess is some kind of water weed of some kind, uh, and wove it together and made a basket and pitched it within and without with, with pitch and laid Moses in there. Uh, and, and she, as an act of, of faith, she just pushed him out into that Nile River, not knowing what would happen to Moses. Uh, and and, and the, the decree of Pharaoh, the desire of Pharaoh was for all of those children of the Hebrews, those male children, to be devoured by the crocodiles. But Moses was chosen of God. But Moses was special. And God had a plan for Moses' life. And uh, he should have, by the decree of Pharaoh, by the decree of this world, he should have been destroyed by the crocodiles. But God had a better plan. And what I want to preach today is that some of us should have been destroyed by the spirit of this world. And some of us should have been destroyed by our past. And some of us should have been destroyed by our sin. But God had a greater plan. If I could preach a little while this morning, I want to preach to you from this title the crocodile should have got me devil you should have got me when you had a chance because God's got a plan for my life you should have took me out while you had an opportunity but God's got a plan for my life I want to preach to somebody the drug should have got you but God stood in the gap the promiscuous lifestyle could have got you but God had a better idea alcohol should have taken you out but God drew you close your childhood should have destroyed you but God wrapped his arms around you depression could have crushed you but God lifted you up cancer could have killed you but you are here today oh somebody shouted you should have got me when you had a chance forgive me for the cultural reference but I love the line in Rambo 3 <laughs> whenever that Russian commander is talking to Rambo I know none of y'all But when the crocodile was trying to get me, I was watching Rambo movies. <laughs> and that Russian commander says, who are you? And he says, I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> you might be trying to take me out, devil, but I'm your worst nightmare. You might be shooting fiery darts at me. I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to witness more. I'm going to worship my God louder. You should have taken me out when you had the opportunity. The crocodile should have got me. The Bible says, but God who is rich in mercy. There was an enemy, but God. Oh, somebody shout it with me. But God. Aren't you thankful? 44 times in Scripture, that phrase shows up. But God, the crocodile should have got me, but God, the car accident should have taken me out, but God, I, I should have been an alcoholic, but God. 
I should be lost and undone in my sin, but God, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You should have gotten us while you had a chance, devil, but God has a plan for us. You know, God had a burning bush experience for Moses. Aren't you thankful for a burning bush experience that one day you came to an altar of repentance and there was fire that fell from heaven and God had a plan for your life. So, devil, you should have taken advantage of when you could have got me, but God... I wish somebody would make your mind up today. The crocodile should have got me, but now I'm going to be a worshiper. I feel like preaching a little bit this morning, and I want you to understand that your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion, seek it. he roams about. He's looking for them that he can devour. And he wants to crush your praise because he used to be the praise director in heaven, and he lost his job for a dereliction of duty. He got kicked out because he tried to usurp authority, and now he wants to crush your praise. I wish some Somebody would say, devil, you should have stayed where you were, and since you didn't, I'm going to praise God. Oh, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that you should show forth the praises of him. He said, in which time passed, you are not a people. You are nobody. But God made us a people. We had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Oh, yeah, you should have taken me out, devil, because I'm going to praise my God. I'm going to give Him glory because He set me free. I'm going to praise Him because He shed His blood. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Continually. The enemy will try to close your mouth. But God said, open it wide and I will fill it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Devil, you should have got me when you had the chance because I'm going to praise Jesus in spite of you. Uh, Psalm 149 and verse number... Uh, I, got, I got to read this. This is such good stuff. I can't, I can't just paraphrase it. I got to read this to you. Psalm 149. Uh, man, this is such good stuff. He starts off by saying, Praise ye the Lord. Somebody say that. Praise ye the Lord. Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And His praises in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that hath made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise Him in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him. You know what? You know what we need more than anything? We need to be sold out. 
We need to be absolutely devoted to everything that God says and God provides and God allows us to participate in. We need to be absolutely sold out. So let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. He gives all this, you praise God, you can dance before the Lord. He, he says in another place, let them play uh, musical instruments. And then in verse number 5, he says, let, I'm sorry, verse number six, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. <laughs> you got to get this. You got to get this. There's praise and one place in the Bible. High praise. Amen. How about let's transcend from praise to high praise. Amen. Because He's worthy of more than just praise. He's worthy of high praises. Why? Because the crocodile could have got me, but God set a hedge round about me. The crocodile should have taken me out, but God has a plan for my... Oh, I think for just a moment, we ought to stand to our feet and give God some high praises. If he's been good to you, if he's been good to oh, I wish somebody would dance. I felt this song as we prayed around the altar. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so good to me. Oh, let the high pray. Why, 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 why? Throw the next verse up there. Why do I want to sing high praises unto the Lord? Because it is to execute, uh, I'm sorry, it's a two-edged sword in your hand. The crocodile should have took you out because God's given me a sword. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Ah, devil you had me as a drug dealer when I was younger but God snatched me out and I'm coming back with a sword somebody shout I'm the devil's worst nightmare you can be seated huh Oh, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. I, I, I don't want to take a whole lot of time. I don't want to take too much time. But I, I just want to tell the, the enemy, Croc, you should have taken me out when you had the chance because now my kids are going to serve God. You should have, you should have taken me out when I... Uh, because I'm by the help of God, I wish some parents would stand up. By the help of God, I am going to train up a child in the way that he should. By the help and grace of God, as arrows are, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. What's he saying? He's saying, "You should have taken me out because I'm getting ready to load your wagon." Devil, you should have got me when you had a chance because I'm not just coming back. I'm coming back with reinforcements. 
Glen Ferris Apostolic Church, we've got children that are arrows in the hands of a mighty man. I wish you'd throw your hands in the air. Every adult in the room, throw your hands in the air and ask God to anoint and appoint and use our children for the glory of the Most High God. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over the children of this church. I take dominion and authority over every spirit of perversion of this world that would try to take them out, that would try to corrupt them. I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak a hedge of faith. I speak a wall of faith. I speak a shield of faith round about them that will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Mighty God, I pray that at a young age you will begin to put anointing and calling on their life. Let them as young people exercise faith. Lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. Let them walk in the spirit. God, I pray that you will cause them to be in love with your word, in love with your church, in love with your presence, in love with prayer. God, raise them up to be mighty men and women in the kingdom of God. Oh, clap your hands and shout unto God. Devil, you should have taken this church out a long time. You should have taken it out whenever it was in a schoolhouse. You should have taken it out way back then because we are coming for you in this valley. We're coming for you in this region. We're going to praise God. We're going to build up a temple unto the Lord. We are going to glorify the King of Kings and we're going to shout the name of Jesus. You're going to tremble and flee. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want everybody to plead the blood of Jesus. We're, we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to fear. But I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over yourself, over your ministry, over your health, and over your family. In the name of Jesus, I want you to speak that out loud. I plead the blood of Jesus. I want, you to pl- I want you to plead the blood. I want you to set a shield of faith around about yourself and your family. This church is getting ready to take new territory. We're not going to go into battle without having some armor on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I need to tell somebody today you better get your mind made up that you're going to be part of the battle you're going to be part of the advance because if you're not in the battle you're going to get taken out This is not an hour to be lukewarm, complacent, or halfway in and halfway out because you're going to make yourself an open target to the enemy. As we press into new territory, as we press into new things in the kingdom of God, the enemy is going to try to attack. If you are not in submission to the structure, the spiritual structure of this church, you are going to make yourself an open target to the enemy. I plead with you today, get submitted to the Word, get submitted to this 
ministry gets submitted to this church because there's a covering of protection here. I want you to lift your hands one more time. Oh God, I want to be in the battle. I want to be covered. I'm pleading with you right now. You cannot be halfway in and halfway out. He said, why halt you between two opinions? The word halt means why are you a crippled nation? If you can't make up your mind, you're a cripple. And that enemy, that lion is going to... Jesus. Oh, God. God, talk to us. Came to pass when Moses was grown. You can be seated. Moses was grown. He went out and looked on his brethren and he saw their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews striving together and he said unto them that did the wrong, why why are you smiting your brother? What are you beating up on your brother for? And he looked at Moses and said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? You intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses feared said, surely this thing is known. Whenever the, the uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, Stephen talks about this in Acts chapter 7, verse number 25. He said, Moses went out there and he saw his brethren that were, that were, that were, that were striving against each other. And he said these words. He said, he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. He, Moses thought everybody understood that he was going to be a deliverer to, to, to the children of, of, of Israel in Egypt. He looked on those that he had grown up with as a small child. He looked on their burdens. and Moses had an understanding that God had a plan for him. As an individual, God has a plan for you. Luke chapter 13 and verse number 31. Uh, this is a similar, you know, I, I don't want to get bogged down here. Just stick a pin in this and, and think about it later today. The devil doesn't come up with new tactics. It's a repeat. He's like, it just, you know how you can put the CD in or you pull up that song on the iPad and you, you just, you just put the, hit that repeat button and just plays the same thing over and over again. You're like, I think I've heard this song already today. Yeah, over and over again. When the days when Jesus was born, the ruler of that world said, hey, let's kill all the unborn or let's kill the... Uh, Everybody under, was it three years old? Same thing. Herod said, kill all the, the, the children, all, all the males under a certain age. Why is that? Because when God's about to do a great deliverance, the enemy always starts to attack the children. Some 60 million unborn and partially born have been killed in this nation alone, and God is about to do a great deliverance. It's so fair. Uh, some, some disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, On that day, Luke 13 31, came certain of the Pharisees saying, Get thee out and depart from hence, for Herod will kill you. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to understand what God incarnate was thinking. But I do know what he said. See, because some 30 years before, Brother Pat, 
this Herod's grandpa or father or uncle or somebody had given the decree to take him out already. He failed that time. And Jesus said, go and tell that fox. He didn't say, go and tell the ruler. Go and tell Mr. Herod. Go, go and tell that distinguished noble. He said, go tell that fox. Elbow somebody. Tell him, go tell that fox. Go tell that fox. He said, you go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I shall be perfected. In other words, you've already tried to take me out. You can try to take me out again. But I've got a calling on my life. And I'm going to do what I'm sent here to do. I wish somebody would say, you already tried to take me out. You may try to take me out again. But I'm just going to keep on... we got to have a made-up mind. Mm. You tried it in the past. I'm going to live for God. God is going to use me. Zechariah chapter 3 in verse number 1. But Josh, do you have that, sir? i got to get you a microphone. because. All right. Zechariah chapter 3 in verse number 1. Now, I understand lots of times we get into these minor prophets, you know, the ones after... Ezekiel or Lamentations or something, they all just kind of blur together. And, 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 and brother, brother Frankie, if we've got any hair on our head, we're scratching it, right? Like, well, some of this stuff is not... Is that okay? Don't be mad at me. All right. <laughs> what? But this is such a beautiful vision that God gives to the prophet. And he gives this prophet a vision of the high priest. Go ahead, Brother Josh, if you'll read that, sir, starting in verse number one. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. All right, all right, now wait, you gotta, you gotta see this. Here is, in this vision, the high priest is standing before the angel of the Lord, and the adversary is standing there. The King James says to resist him. The literal Hebrew word is to attack him. So here is the high priest the minister of God, and the enemy is trying, he's poised, he's ready to attack. You know, it's, it's like in the book of Genesis, you know, he says uh, that uh, if you do good, it, it'll be well with thee, but if not, then sin lieth at the door, it crouches as a lion, waiting to... So here's the enemy, you got to picture this in your head. There's the enemy, ready to take him out. Just look at somebody and say, the enemy's crouched, he's ready. He... He wants to get you. Yes. Look at him. The enemy wants to get you. I know I'm preaching a little longer than normal. If you, y'all give me five more minutes. Anybody give me five more minutes? Okay, five. Okay, I just got ten. Okay, good. Five and ten, maybe. I want you to see this. Mark, I want you to see this. I want you to picture yourself, and I want you to picture a roaring lion crouch. Ready to attack. Next verse, Brother Josh. And the Lord said unto Satan. Wait, 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 wait. Now you got it. You can't just. And the Lord said unto Satan. All right, I want you to preach this verse. The Lord rebuked thee. The Lord rebuked thee. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebukes thee. Is not this a brand plucked out 
of the fire? He said to Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Yes. You might have your eyes fixed on my child. You might have your eyes fixed on my minister. But the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Oh, I wish somebody would just get excited about that today because the enemy would like to take you out, but you have a loving Father who is watching over you. He, the crocodile could have got me. He thought he could get me, but God said, I got a plan for him. God said, I got a use for him. God said, I got a, I got a solution. I got a... And so he goes on and says, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Has anybody ever felt unworthy? I mean, I don't know what, what the, you know, nature of our adversary. I'm sure that he was not just there crouched in silence. He's talking trash. He's over there saying, Yay, look at you. You ain't worthy. You're not worthy. And the vision... In the vision, the priest is wearing filthy garments. I'm sure the enemy's just trashing it, man. Look at you. God can't use you. You're a mess. I know what you did. And I'll bring it up to you. God might have forgot about it and cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. But I'll bring it up to you. I'll remind you. I'll remind you what you used to do. I'll remind you what you're still doing. I'll remind you what you haven't, you haven't gotten free from yet. I will, I will remind you. And so now Joshua's clothed with filthy garments. God uses imperfect people to accomplish His perfect will. I want you to stand to your feet if you're willing to admit I have flaws, I have hang-ups, I have problems, and I definitely have a past, but I also know who holds my future. Oh, I wish somebody remind the enemy. Yes, I messed up and God is forgiven. You messed up once and you're never going to be forgiven, pal. I've been saved from the hell that you're destined to. So Joshua, he's clothed with these filthy garments and stood before the angel. Oh, you got to see this contrast, Brother John. Here's this angelic perfection. And Joshua, And he answered and said unto those that stood before him, saying, This is God speaking still. Take away the filthy garments from him. And said unto him, Behold, I have caused thine iniquities to pass from thee. I'll clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set the fair mitre upon his head. They clothed him with garments. What, were they, what was he doing there? He was putting on him the garments of the ministry. The enemy is standing there accusing him. And God says, I rebuke thee, O Satan. He says, is not this as a brand plucked out of the fire? <laughs> you might have been in the fire. <laughs> and you might have had flaws and imperfections. But God says, I'm going to pluck you out before you were ever consumed. I don't care if this is the first time you've ever been in a church of any name, shape, or form. You're here for a purpose. And God's plucking you out of the burning. 
And if you were, if you were one of the founding uh, members, if you were there on the day of Pentecost, God has plucked you out of the burning. Why? So that he can clothe you with priestly garments. I want I want to unload the burden of my heart today. And that is this. The devil should have taken you out. Brother Pat, when you were playing in those bars, he should have taken you out. But here you are. And when you were sick with COVID, you said it's the worst time of your entire life. He should have taken you out because I believe you're going to teach more Bible studies after today than you have in your entire past. When your mama brought you up for prayer over and over and over again when you were little, the devil should have frustrated you and taken you out, but God's going to raise you up to be an intercessor. And God... Uh, I spoke wrong. God's already raised you up to be an intercessor. I could go around. This heart, He should have taken you out whenever He had the opportunity. But you're going to pray more people through the Holy Ghost than you've ever prayed through the Holy Ghost. I could go up and down these aisles. You walked away from God. You came to God and walked away from God and you came to God and you walked away from God and at some point the devil should have taken you out but you are here today. Brother Jeff, when you hit that deer on Route 60, the devil should have taken you out when he had an opportunity because you're going to teach more Bible studies, you're going to pray more prayers, you're going to worship God like you never did... I don't need to go around this room. I just need somebody to come to this altar that says, God, I am willing. Don't don't hesitate. If you hesitate, you're going to miss it. If you are... Here's our problem. Here's our problem. Ramat, you preached it already today. Martha comes to Jesus and says, I know that my brother will live in the resurrection. Our attitude is, I know God will do it someday. But Jesus' message was, I am the resurrection. I'm that today. And God can move on you today. And God can birth new things in you today. This is what I felt as I prayed here this morning. I laid in this floor and prayed and I felt like that I was travailing. As Paul said, I travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you. And I believe with everything that's in me, Brother Kevin Polly, that God is trying to birth new ministry in you. God's trying to take you to another level, to another dimension, but it's not going to happen if we're half-hearted, if we're lackadaisical, if it's well, whatever may come. But if you say, God, I desire it. God, I want it. I don't care what the adversary says. I believe what you say. Will you take the hand of somebody beside you right now? I want you. I don't want you to pray for you. I want you to pray for them.